Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 240 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, joined by Jill. What's going on? Not much. How are you? Uh, I've had a week. I feel like we've both had weeks for different reasons. Yes, we have. Uh, you just came back from ALA. I did just come back from ALA. How was the Big Easy? Hot. Hot. And humid. Yeah. I'm weird inside for most of it, so That's it wasn't true. too bad. Ate really good food. I'll say I saw you got some beignets. We made it to Cafe du Monde, got some beignets. And you brought back, is it chicory or chicory coffee? I've always heard of it as chicory. Chicory? Yeah. So you brought that back for yourself. I brought back some chicory coffee, man. It's my favorite. It's delicious. I love chicory coffee. I, got, I actually, I saw, I think you put it on Instagram or Twitter. Wherever you put your beignet, I think you put a beignet post. I put it on your Instagram, Instagram story somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere you put it and like internally I was like, nice. Good job, Jill. It made me very happy. <laughs> oh man, happy. there was like, we actually, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go off topic a little bit. but It's um, fine. It's just you and I today. So. so Fair enough. Fair enough. So um, I think there were about 12 of us and we'd gone out to dinner and we wanted to go get beignets at Cafe Du Monde. So we walked there, we got there and there and it was about, I don't know, like 930-ish at night. And there's this huge line. I was like, oh, man. Um, and then someone went ahead to the front of the line and figured out that the long line we saw was actually their takeout window. And you could actually get a seat inside if you just walked on in. <laughs> so if um, they hadn't gone ahead, we probably, who knows how long we would have waited. We may have given up, turned back, who knows. But, yeah, so we were able to get all of us at, I think there were three tables, um, ordered a couple plates of beignets and just sort of split them that, piled high with powdered sugar yeah There's so much powdered sugar like the right amount <laughs> that rules uh it might have been a little much really it was a lot of powdered sugar mm-hmm. it was a lot of powdered sugar well i'm very happy that you guys got to do that me too um just gonna give a psa to people the reason why i'm stressed out and i'm gonna preface this with he's okay i don't even know if i told you this you might have seen it in our slack channel i saw it in the slack channel. okay so i'm prefacing this with he's okay but my younger of my two dogs decided to eat mouse poison this this past weekend um so four days straight of going to the vet and checking his blood again he's totally fine but just a psa um don't have that stuff ever it was at my parents house and he got into the shed where they had some from a few years ago so yeah just don't have that because guess what guys they make that stuff smell and taste appealing to animals so that the mice and rats will go get it you know who else finds it appealing to smell and taste dogs so just don't have that stuff because it's scary um see i just have cats who take care of the mice for us yeah, that's true. Yeah, instead of using instead of using mouse or rat poison, just get a cat. Just get a cat like mine. Um, Linus, Linus is a mouser. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, well, well, it's not really, but <laughs> my 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 dog is a mouse poisoner, I guess. Apparently, um, so yeah, he's okay, uh, and now everyone at that vet knows him, and he's best friends with all of them. But I'm very happy to not have to go there again. So 
that's why if I sound a little down today, it's because mm-hmm. pure exhaustion. So anyway, while now that we're both tired, this is actually something that we like doing. So we'll, we'll pick up the energy. Uh, this is our monthly picks for July. Woo-hoo. Wow, July. We've done yep. half the year's worth of these already. Yep. Uh, so if you are new to the podcast, because I know this tends to be our most popular episode of the month. We will go back and forth picking titles that we're really excited about coming out in June. Uh, The two of us do not send each other these lists ahead of time, so it's likely that one or two of them may be on both of our lists, but we're pretty good at knowing uh, which one the other one is going to pick. So that's what we'll do. But before that, if people want to get a hold of us, Jill, where can they find us in the world? The best place is to go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com, where you can find links to all of our um, social media, including Twitter and Instagram which is at ProBookNerds. You can also email us at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. You can do all those things. Did you say that? And by, you can join our Viber community okay. on the website as well. Yeah. It's our reading community. It also it's fun talking to people. And we give away books. Um, okay. So I have 10. You have 7, correct? I'm going to have you start. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, my first one is Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik. Uh, she, Naomi Novik is... Uh, a she writes kind of new age modern fairy tales. That's a weird way of describing it. She writes fairy tales, but not retellings. I feel like if someone she does do retellings, but I feel like if if you write fairy tales that aren't based on a fairy tale, you might recognize people may not realize that it's a fairy tale. Um, so the one that she wrote a couple years ago was called Uprooted, and it frankly was the best fairy tale I've ever read. So I can't wait for this one. Um, this one's sort of a play on Rumpelstiltskin if you need something to, to imagine it as. Um, but it's it's not just that. Um, the reason I say sort of is because the main character, Miriam, um, kind of tells a lie and tells people that she can turn silver into gold through spinning, which, again, is where the Rumpelstiltskin part comes in. Um, but there's just a whole lot of goodness in here that I'm really excited about. Uh, and she was one of the three authors that I spoke to in a little mini panel at BEA about fairy tales, which is how this got on my radar. And I cannot wait to read it. So uh, I will let people go in and kind of dig more about it. But it's called Spinning Silver. And I am this this might be the book I'm looking forward to most like of the year. So very excited. So my first one is called Baby Teeth by Zoya Stage. So this is about a mom who is unable to form a bond with her seven-year-old daughter, Hannah, who cannot or will not speak. Um, ever since she was a baby, Suzanne or Suzette felt rejected by her. It's as if she, her child hates her, which is obviously not really great for a mom to feel. Um, so her husband, Alex, wants to believe his wife's accounts of their daughter's cruel and unusual behavior, but has never actually seen anything from the girl but love. So is Hannah just, you know, sort of a naughty little girl or is she actually up to something or is she trying to kill her mother? So this is a um, psychological suspense novel, which sounds really good and it has a super interesting cover um, that I really love. Uh, so that is Baby Teeth. I saw that one and I was like, that's a Joe book. So I didn't put it on mine. But yeah, the cover is quite interesting. Uh, my next one is Give Me Your Hand by Megan Abbott. Uh, friend of the show, Megan Abbott. Almost put it on, but did not, so I'm glad. Nice. Okay. So this is, you know, you said psychological thriller. This is also a psychological thriller. 
uh, a lot of those this month. I know. And now when I think about it, I'm like, I think I have a lot of psychological thrills. Yeah, I had a couple of them. Uh, Kit Owens harbored only modest ambitions for herself when the mysterious Diane Fleming appeared in her high school chemistry class, but Diane's academic brilliance lit a fire in Kit, and the two developed an unlikely friendship until Diane shared a secret that changed everything between them. More than a decade later, Kit thinks that she's put Diane behind her forever, and she's begun to fulfill her scientific dreams. Uh, that Diane awakened in her, but the past comes roaring back when she discovers that Diane is in her competition for a position that they both want, uh, taking part in a groundbreaking new research study uh, led by their idol. So soon enough, the former friends find themselves locked in a dangerous game of cat and mouse that threatens to destroy them both. Um, Whole bunch of buzz for this one. Uh, Cosmo, Book Riot, Entertainment Weekly all have this as one of their most anticipated books of the year. So that's Give Me Your Hand by Megan Abbott. I have The Masterpiece by Fiona Davis, also a friend of the show. Uh, Fiona, of course, writes historical fiction that takes place in New York City where she has two storylines going at the same time, one more in the past and one that's a bit more contemporary. So this one is about Grand Central Terminal, um, the big train station in New York City, and it used to have an art school. Um, in part of the uh, the terminal and so the older story takes place um, in the 1920s so 1920s New York yeah. um, about Clara who is an artist and then becomes a teacher at the school and then 50 years later in 1974 the um, the terminal was in great decline and had been severely neglected and um, there a woman Virginia gets a job there working the terminal and as she's working it she comes across this uh the school and and finds a painting and is trying to find out more information about the artist um behind it so this was i really i love all of fiona's books but this one in particular again 1920s new york can't really go wrong with that (laughs) yeah that's up here that's right up your alley uh my next one is called dear mrs bird by aj pierce Uh, so this sounds very interesting to me it's historical fiction that's also uh humorous so basically the rundown is it's set in world war ii london and there is this main character emmeline who goes by emmy and she starts working for this advice columnist named henrietta bird and she gets all these letters um and a lot of them are very unpleasant it says unpleasantness is the way that they're described described but basically like people that are having a hard time getting through the war whether their significant other is you know serving overseas or uh they're having just a lot of issues with everything going on whatever it is there's a lot of unpleasantness and the columnist that she works for basically tells her throw all those away there's too much hardship going on we're only going to give advice for people that are kind of having positive things and instead of throwing them away emmy starts responding to all these people at night and connecting with them and forming these friendships with a bunch of these people these people who are going through some really uh, terrible things so it, it just it sounds really interesting it's like an advice columnist but an advice columnist when uh, the stakes are very high. I feel like a lot of times advice columnists, it's like, hey, h- help me, you know, deal with a relationship that's going on, but it's not like the world's worst situation. If you take that and then you put it on top of World War Two, it sounds really interesting. Um, and the cover looks like Jill's really cool Kate Spade um, oh, the typewriter. typewriter, typewriter purse. Oh, the typewriter. I did see that one as well. So, yeah. Uh, that's Dear Mrs. Bird by A.J. Pierce. 
I have The Incendiaries by R.O. Kwan. Yep. We, okay. Yeah, we both had that one. So this is about um, Phoebe and Will who meet at their first month at um, a prestigious uh, university. Phoebe is a glamour girl who doesn't tell anyone she blames herself for her mother's recent death, while Will is a misfit scholarship boy who transfers from a Bible college. Um, and he's just sort of waiting tables to get by. He's also in love with Phoebe. Phoebe is then drawn into a religious group, which is described as a secretive extremist cult founded by a charismatic former student. He has an enigmatic past that involves North Korea and Phoebe's Korean-American family. She gets involved um, in this group, and after the group bombs several buildings in the name of faith, Phoebe disappears. Will then devotes himself to trying to find her, um, and figure out what exactly happened and caused her to kind of get involved and and um, have this violent act happen. So it's getting a lot of buzz, I believe, from um, various things, and it sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds awesome. You want to remind people the name of that one? Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. It's The Incendiaries by R.O. Kwan. Yeah. We forgot to mention this. All of these links are in the show notes, and also if you go to professionalbooknews.com and click About, we'll have our monthly list right there, too. Uh, my next one, oh, goodness, am I excited for this? It's called Kill the Farm Boy. Did you see anything about this? I don't think so. Okay, so Kill the Farm Boy. It's by Kevin Hearn and Delilah S. Dawson. It's <gasps> I love Delilah. Yeah. She wrote um, the, is Phasma. She, she wrote the yeah, Phasma, Phasma Star Wars. Yeah. So, I mean, other things as well. But. Well, yeah. So she wrote Star Wars Phasma, and he uh, wrote the Iron Druid Chronicles, for people who are familiar with his name. But it's basically... In a reverent new series in the tradition of Monty Python. So think of like Monty Python and the Holy Grail, like that kind of like once upon a time style uh, stories, but with different sto- hijinks and things. Like I just, Monty Python uh, and Holy Grail and then Life of Brian are like up in the pantheon of funniest movies ever for me. So seeing this made me really excited. Um, there's just all sorts of, characters that they add in here like an assassin who fears nothing in the night but is terrified of chickens <laughs> uh, just like stuff uh, like that um there is uh sinister umlauts and trash talking goats and the dread necromancer steve like all of these things just sound so wonderful to me and most importantly it's the beginning of a series so it's i can't wait to read this it looks so fun i, I feel like this will be a good audiobook um Oh, yeah, it probably would be. Right? Uh, so that's Kill the Farm Boy by Kevin Hearn and Delilah S. Dawson. I have Believe Me by J.P. Delaney. So J.P. Delaney wrote The Girl Before, which came out, I think, last year, the year before. And again, it's one of those psychological thriller type of things. So this one is about um, a struggling actor um, named Claire. She is a Brit in America but doesn't have a green card, so she's kind of struggling to find work and do whatever she can to uh, survive. And she agrees to become a decoy for a firm of divorce divorce lawyers. She's there to entrap men <laughs> who may or may not be cheating on their wives. And there are very strict rules about this. You know, like, he has to hit on you first. Don't fall in love with the mark. Blah, blah, blah. So everything's great until one of the wives of her targets is murdered. And the cops believe that the husband is the one to blame. So in order to kind of, again, trap him, the co- they enlist Claire to lure him into a confession. 
So this sounds totally safe. <laughs> right? It's we're a lot send, of layers here. We're going to send you in as bait to see if you can get this guy to confess to killing his wife. So... That so, sounds great. That sounds awesome. Not, that's, not the, yes. No, I'm aware. That's why. That's why it's on my list. <laughs> I should probably clarify. the The idea doesn't sound awesome. The book sounds awesome. I will tell you that when I read The Girl before, you know, it came. I think it came out last year, and so it came sort of after all of these other thriller, marriage thriller type things with the name girl in the title had been out for a while, but I really enjoyed The Girl Before and it definitely kept me guessing. So I'm very excited for um, JP's newest one, which is Believe Me. Yeah, that does sound really good. Uh, My next one is Sea Witch by Sarah Henning. Uh, So this is a YA fantasy, so I could have stopped looking at the description right there for myself. But for people who need a little bit more than that, also it's somewhat of a fairy tale. So it's the story of the sea witch, which, if you're not familiar, is the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale that became the Little Mermaid. But it's told through the eyes of the sea witch. So think of like very dark version of Ursula, more or yeah. less. Yeah. Um, sounds. So, I'm so excited for this. This also. It's very much a Zoraida Cordova type of a book. She loves herself some mermaids and and things like that. So I feel like I don't need to say anymore. It's basically evil Ursula, the story told through her eyes. Also, the cover is very cool. Uh, it said Sea Witch by Sarah Henning. I also have a YA fantasy, Grace and Fury by Tracy Banghart. I didn't pick this one. Oh, good. Wow, you take it. That was a risk putting a YA fantasy on your I list. I know, but it sounded so good. So I was hoping. Okay, so um, this is a must-read fantasy full of fierce sisterhood action and political intrigue for fans of the selection carval and the handmaid's tale oh okay wow that's like and comma and jill mostly jill (laughs) that's like all you needed to say Uh so um this is a world where women have no rights and it's about two sisters who face two very different fates one in the palace the other in prison so serena has been groomed her whole life to become a grace. Someone who stands by the heir to the throne as a shining example of the perfect woman. Uh, but when her rebellious young sister Nomi catches the heir's eye, it's Serena who takes the fall for a dangerous secret that Nomi has been hiding. So, I don't know. It just sounds really good. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, also, since you mentioned the selection, that reminded me. Uh, I, I love the selection. Yeah. I tweeted some just from the words that remind me of it. Um, we're recording this the day before it comes out on the 27th. And if you don't follow us on Twitter, you wouldn't have seen this. Um, I tweeted the first line from Shirley Jackson's The Lottery, which is the morning of June 27th, dot, dot, dot. Um, what? You look like you're giving me a weird face. No, I mean, I understand logically how selection, you went from the selection lottery. to the lottery. Yeah, that's just how my brain works. No, the stories themselves are not similar. Um <laughs> No, but if you just if you've never read Shirley Jackson's The Lottery, that's all I was getting at there. It's good stuff. Yeah, not a new release. Um, not a new release. My next one is a science fiction book. It's called The Loneliest Girl in the Universe by Lauren James. So this is all about the daughter of two astronauts. Her name is I want to say Rami R O M Y. She's no stranger to life in space. She's been out there with her parents a long time. Uh, but both of her parents die tragic deaths, leaving her alone on the spaceship that she is on, speeding away from Earth. So she's struggling with her loneliness until NASA alerts her that there is another ship out there called the Eternity, 
and it's going to be joining the Infinity. And so she begins exchanging messages with this person named Jay, who's the captain of the Eternity, and their friendship uh, kind of forms a bond. But as they get closer to each other, she learns that the mes- the mission is much different than she could have imagined, and it goes on from there. So space loneliness things both make me super uncomfortable and intrigue me. So I'm excited about that. So that's The Loneliest Girl in the Universe by Lauren James. Also a really cool cover. I did do that cover. So um, next one is Don't You Ever by Mary Carter Bishop. It is a memoir about um, a woman, Mary, she's a journalist, who um, while applying for a passport as an adult discovers that she has a secret half-brother that her mom had, I believe, given up um, when when she was much younger after having um, an encounter with a married man. So Mary then, you know, tracks down this half-brother of hers who um, has had a very, like, a struggle through life, whereas Mary's had everything she could possibly want. And so this sort of becomes the story of, um, you know, wondering what exactly happened, how these, you know, siblings took two very different trajectories and all of that. Um, it sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, my next one is Suicide Club by Rachel Heng. Also so, a really fascinating cover. Very fascinating cover. Uh, so this is set in a near future New York City. And basically lives tend to last 300 years now at this point, And people are continuously pursuing immortality. And then the main character, Leah, um, she's a lifer, which means that a roll of the genetic dice has given her the potential to live forever if she does everything right. Um, and it's all about people wanting to live forever and all the different ways that they make sure that they continue to live on. And then she uh, spots her estranged father on a crowded sidewalk and then learns all about this thing called the Suicide Club, which is a network of powerful individuals and rebels who reject the idea of immortality and instead choose to live and die on their own terms, which is actually illegal at this point. So it's really it's this really interesting kind of role reversal of normal life where it feels like basically all of us are trying to live as long as possible, um, kind of like Chris Traeger from Parks and Recreation. And uh, this is the other way around, where people are living so long that they're trying to... Um, to not and they're not allowed to end their lives so the suicide club by rachel hang my last one is northland by porter fox so this is about um travel writer porter who spent three years exploring four thousand miles of exploring the four thousand miles of the border between maine and washington Travel like across the northern. Oh, like Sorry, the Canadian a, United States was, border. Yes, but from Maine to Washington. Understood. As soon as I said that, I was like, "That doesn't make any sense." Yes, he is. He is. He is traversing the Canadian American border um, from Maine to Washington, traveling by canoe, freighter, car, and foot. He blends a deeply reported and beautifully written story of the region's history with a riveting account of his travels. I love travel memoirs. Mm-hmm. I think travel writing is so interesting and fun. And in theory, I'd like to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm I'm really excited about this. And um, yeah, so that's Northland by Porter Fox. So since you like those so much, I'm surprised you didn't do this one. Uh, From the Corner of the Oval by... I don't think I saw that one. Okay, Beck Dory Stein is the name of the author. So this is nonfiction as well. 
Beck Dory Stein was working five part-time jobs in 2012 when she saw a random posting on Craigslist for a stenographer for President Barack Obama. What? Yeah. So she applied and was qualified and ended up taking on this job. And basically her job and the job of several other people was to travel all around the world on Air Force One with the president and his all of his people and basically, you know, make sure that they were recording everything that happened. So she went all around the world uh, with President Barack Obama. And this is kind of just her story of all the things that she saw and, and learned and um, sort of her finding her place in the world. That's uh, called From the Corner of the Oval. And it's it sounds super interesting. It does sound really good. Um, and then this one, it doesn't need much description, but my last one is called Scream and Scream Again, Spooky Stories from Mystery Writers of America. It's a uh, it's a compilation of scary stories uh, cultivated by R.L. Stein and a bunch of mystery and horror writers of America. So, uh, yeah, it, it's just... I would R.L. Stein is one of my literary yeah, hero yeah. peoples, so I'm just excited. I, I feel like it it'll it sounds it's it says it's juvenile fiction short stories, so to me maybe it'll I'm hoping it'll be kind of like scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, yeah, and the the cover is really cool. It's a house that has like broken out windows that make it look like a skull, and the teeth of the skull are a bunch of uneven gravestones and stuff. Nice. Yeah, so that's just called Scream and Scream Again! Exclamation point. Um, so yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all of July, right? That's yeah, the month that's we were it. just talking yes, about. The month Jesus. we were just talking about. Um, was there anything that jumped out other than beignets about ALA? It was really good food. <laughs> yeah, that's. It was really good food. Yeah, um, we when we first landed, uh, there was right by our hotel um, a Creole restaurant. That we ended up going back to, <laughs> I think, Sunday night before we all left because only some of our group had been. Um, and it was very tasty food. I think I think there were two of our coworkers, um, Mike and Ryan, who got gumbo at every single restaurant. I was just going to say uh, our co- one of our coworkers, Ryan. I shouldn't call Ryan our coworker. He's so much above us in the company. He's like, I call him a colleague. Yeah, that's fair. Ryan is an incredible human being. A, he's like the most interesting man in the world. One, he's basically in charge of all of our products here. Like he manages all of it uh, and creates a lot of the code for all of it. And then he also just no matter where you go in what city in the world, he always knows like a cool speakeasy or something. Oh, they did that. I went. I went to bed, but yeah. yes, there was one of those. He came up to me today and he said exactly that. He's like, I ate gumbo at every meal that mm-hmm. we were down there. So. He did. He ate gumbo at every meal. So yeah, it was very hot and humid. Um, most of the walking we did around was at night, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, I really just want to go back. Yeah. That's... Just not in summer. Well, I want to go full stop because I've never been there. So uh, Yeah, I'd never been before. That's always, I love getting to travel for trade shows like this, but you're just so tired. The end of all the, the, the... Oh, my God. <laughs> I think you just proved your point about being tired. You are so tired. <laughs> By the end of the day, that... Going yeah. out and exploring. It's hard. It's challenging. It's hard, especially for someone like me who is used to being in bed at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And, and I was on central time zone instead of Eastern, so it was already feeling late. Yeah. So I did not stay out with 
all of our coworkers it's, every time they went out. It's challenging. I won't throw him under the bus, but I will say when Ryan and I are at events, we tend to be the idiots who make the dumb decision to be like, I don't know, what if we just stayed out till like three in the morning? There were some who did that the one night. Uh-huh. Yeah, we do that every once in a while. Um, cool. Well, welcome back. Thanks. I hope you guys all enjoyed all of those recommendations. Um, we covered everything in the beginning that they need to I do. So good. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.